talk here just for a moment and we'll we'll just see where the Holy Ghost goes. If you pay attention to what happens and what transpires at times, there's a theme of something that God is doing. I think we've we haven't graduated from the uh death preaching and teaching, but I think we've kind of gotten a hold of it and we're applying it. And uh, there's been ministry on on peace and seeking God, seeking his presence, seeking his peace, seeking his purpose. And I, I really believe that we're on to something for a purpose and for a reason. Now, when Pastor Simpson um, had people come down front and was talking and sharing and talked about the health insurance and all that, and I just kind of felt this little thing creep in here and just kind of slither its way through the pews, almost as if to say, you got that, but just wait another week or another two weeks or give it another month. Something's going to go wrong. It's too good to be true. Some, you might look at me and say, no, no, I'm not thinking that. That can't be. Not in here. Oh, it's here. Believe me, it's it's here. My parents, I think it's been two years or so, they, they, they bought a home and, uh, Lord blessed them and everything, and a year later, they've had this thing go wrong with the home and got that fixed, and then that thing go wrong, and you sit here and say, well, if this was truly a blessing of God, surely none of this would have happened. If God truly blessed me, if God has truly done these things, then and, 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 and I believed all of this, maybe I'm not in the will of God because all this stuff isn't going right. That's where peace kicks in, because if you're in the will of God and you know that you're in the will of God, it doesn't matter what happens in that, but you're in the right place at the right time at the right moment. And if I can just kind of just share a little bit of my wife and I and and kind of where we've gone after we departed Baltimore and uh, we joined the Severn daughter work and after a while... uh, we, we thought we'd be in that area for a while, and she began to look at transferring from, she's working in Aberdeen, and looked to transfer to Fort Meade, and for a couple of years, she kind of kept her eye out on that, and since that was the case, we thought about moving then, and as Eliana came along, we, you know, we thought of, you know, we, we, we'd move closer to that, to, to, to the Anne Arundel County area, and since I'm working not too far from there, and we, 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 we started looking, and, you know, this is where we're going to be. This is where ministry is going to be. And we searched and didn't come up with anything. Eliana came along, and we searched. And then um, we, were, we, we uh, went to Brooklyn Park and began to minister there. And we were looking in that area and, and moving and all. And then Antioch West was formed, and all of that came along. And we said, okay, you know, this is where, where we'll be and. We, we, we kind of started looking in that vein and couldn't find anything. There were a couple of jobs that she applied for. It should have been a no-brainer cakewalk. She went back and looked at that application, and that thing never sent. And I believe it, and I told her, you know, she was thinking, you know, should I go for this and whatever? I said, yeah, go for it. We trust God and believe. And, and, and I felt that that was the open door. 
And she looked back and she's saying, I, I haven't heard anything back. And sure enough, the application never even went out. I said, okay, God. And all these different things forming. And then next thing we know, it's here we are and, 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 and back a part of Baltimore and say, okay, God, well, if, if, if we're supposed to be here in, in, in southern Baltimore and Curtis Bay, Brooklyn Park, so be it. And even so much so. Partway, uh, going back about a year ago, I told her, I said, and, and part of the thing, and as far as where we lived, it wasn't the best area, but I, I said, there are missionaries and those who go out and live in conditions that aren't the safest and live in times that aren't the best. And I said, if that's where God wants us, we'll do that. And we made peace with that. And then this thing began to shift and change and said, okay, should we try again? And we talked about it and, and here, here's me. I'm a numbers kind of guy. I watched the market. I watched what's going on in our area. I watched the housing prices and thinking, we owe this much on the house and it's saying the value is here. We're looking at a loss. And, and, and hesitation after hesitation and trying to find the will of God. And you got two voices going back and forth, almost like a ping pong match. Just watching that ball going back and forth. Should we or shouldn't we? Called an agent. Talked to her. She came by, looked at the house, gave us recommendations, all this kind of stuff, started working towards that. And then a year later, we hadn't heard anything from her and just uh, said, no, we, we, we won't go that route. And I, I heard an advertisement on the radio for a particular agent and said, okay, well, you know, maybe we can check that out. And we talked about that and we had a few in mind and we finally decided, let's talk with this agent here. Called him up, went through it all and he sat down, went through numbers and all that and we listed the house at less than what we owe just to make it marketable and, and to make it something that would be appealing based on the values of the house. There were, I believe, three other houses on that street that had sold. And what happened was people bought them, I believe they were foreclosed on and such, bought them, renovated, did all that kind of stuff, made it look good. I wasn't renovating a thing. What, what was in that house was there. We, we, we upgraded things that needed to be upgraded, updated things, replaced things and all that, but wasn't going beyond that. We listed the house, and we have a camera on the outside of the house, and we can set it to so that when people come, it's motion activated and records and all that. And the first people that came, they were in the house for five minutes. Sister Brown said, I think they were just checking the house out. I don't think they were trying to buy it. I think they were looking at it for some other reason. And I believe it was a day or two later, house down the street went on the market. Look at the pictures. That thing was beautiful. It was updated. Hardwood floors, fresh paint, dishwasher, brand new cherry wood cabinets. One of my favorites. I said, wow, what are we up against? And they listed their house at more than what we were asking. But we believe that we were here for this moment, for this purpose, and that we did it at the right time. Six days later, our agent calls and says, I've got two offers for you. They were full offers, full offers, contrary to what the other house was going for down the street. Now, that, 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 the, the one, one of those offers on a Sunday, we, we basically opened up our house so that at any point in time in the day somebody wanted to come, we let them come. We got a, a message that they wanted to come see the house on a Sunday night at 8 p.m. I said, who in the world wants to come see a house 
At 8 o'clock, we, I think it was, it was an Antioch United service, and like, how long are they going to be there? We're going to be coming home from church, and I don't want somebody in my house. We're getting ready for church, and I look out the window, and I see Sunday morning getting ready for church, and I see two cars parked down in front of the house I'd never seen. I said, what in the world? I said, 8 o'clock. I said, check your phone. What time did they say they were coming? And sure enough, it said 8 p.m. Here comes the agent knocking on, the, knocking on the door. He put 8 p.m. instead of 8 a.m. Well, we said, well, we're leaving out in, in about 10, 20 minutes, so you can come on in. And so they, they left, and they said they were going to check out another house. And they went down around the corner and checked out that house down there. And we left out. They were still down there. Came back home, pulled up the camera, and saw that they didn't come back to our house for another 40, 45 minutes. So we just assumed that they set up shop, set up camp in there and loved it and just come to see what we, we what we've got to offer. Our agent called us and said, we got two offers for you. Same offer. I'm going to send back to them, tell them we've got double offers and send me your highest and best offer. The offer that we got and that we accepted. Our agent listed three offers for us on paper. Said you could go with this, this or this. We didn't like the the, the, the low end number. We kind of figured we were between the high end and, and the middle number, so we kind of fell in the middle there. The offer that we accepted was the same amount as the high end offer, which was above our listing price. So that meant that, hey, we need to find a house because we didn't count on six days after it being listed that, hey, somebody's going to give you an offer. We talked to our agent and said, you know, we'll send you our list of stuff. And he was just nonchalant about it. Like, okay, yeah, we'll get to that. Hey, things went quick. So we said, hey, we need to find a house. So we, we, we had, we had one that we had looked at. I think that set that Sunday or, or one Sunday afternoon, we went and checked it out after service. They had a, and, and, an open house and we liked it. Good space and all that great stuff. It's kind of high, but we checked it out and talked to our agent about it, went and visited him and all that, put it in an offer with him. I'm sorry. And I was not offering. We were not offering full asking price. Put in the offer. They rejected it. Came with offer number two and they put a contingency on there that they can still list the house. And if, and if they get a better offer than ours for, 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 uh, 30 days or, 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 um, after they get that offer in 30 days, they have to let us know, give us time to find something else. So we had that offer in and went for the home inspection, got to walking around in the house and we knew going in that we would have to do some work and got in there and looked around and didn't like what we saw. The inspection was okay, but there were some other things that were off. But before that, on the way to work on a Monday morning, called my wife up and she had mentioned some things to me. I said, hey, should we check out this other house that we've looked at and that we've talked about? And we began to talk about it and, and, and look at numbers and, and, and all of that. And we went for this home inspection and didn't like what we saw. And we left there and called the agent and said, we don't want this house. But we were talking about this other house. And actually in the middle of that, we put in an offer just to see what that other agent would say. And our agent said that he's not coming down and he wants full price. I said, well, cut. we don't want to do business. So we left that with the agent, went to the home inspection, didn't like the home inspection, called our agent up and said, hey, we don't like this house now. About this other house, he said, well, now that you talk about it, 
He called me this morning and said he'd be willing to come down to what you're asking for, what you're offering. He said, okay, God, here we go. So here's the thing. From our offer to this other one, that's about a, almost a two-week gap. We're trying to settle by a certain time. Our buyers are telling us that they would be willing to extend going to settlement by 10 days. But that's cutting it tight for our process, for the loan and all that. So we're, we're going through there and wouldn't you know it, we start running into some snags and hiccups. And I can tell you, there was one day I'm sitting at work, I'm saying, God, is this really you or is it not? And it, literally, in the past couple of weeks, pastor has been talking about peace and all of that, and I'm sitting there at my desk trying to find it. God, where are you in all of this? You led us here. I was looking for a smooth plane. I wasn't looking for the Red Sea. I don't need all that. I believe you can part it, but I don't need it. Just take me there. And it came down to we were, our, 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 our buyers were looking to settle and, and, and extended their settlement date seven days out. And we were asking the, the, the agent of the house where, where, where we were buying to, our settlement date was on the 15th for the house we're buying. The, the settlement date for the house we were selling was a week earlier than that. So we're asking, I'm sorry, more than that, it was the 6th. So nine days difference. We're asking our, the, the agent that we're buying from to, to settle with us nine days earlier. And so we thought things were on track for that. Come to find out, he doesn't even know that we're trying to settle early. Somebody didn't communicate to him. So they start moving and spinning wheels and starting to get things going. And next thing you know, we're trying to get home insurance. And I call State Farm up and I find out my agent is moving offices. And the day that we need the insurance policy, he's not in the office. I'm leaving Columbia to go to Glen Burnie to find him. He's not in the old office. He's not in the new office. I call the 1-800 number on the road trying to get somebody to get me this policy. I'm serious. And they finally get it in place, and then they say, we need the declaration page for your policy. Well, guess what? 800, can't, 800 number can't do that. You need your agent and he, and he alone can do that. So the next day I call and the numbers aren't, the, the, the phone isn't on. I call the 800 number. They say, look, we'll work with you. We'll, we'll, we'll find a way to make this happen. They get in contact with somebody on a cell phone. They get the, the, the documents that we need for that. And that's one thing that, that, that that's taken care of. So we're moving along. Okay. We're good to go. And we find out the agent that we're buying from me saying, look, I can't settle on the 6th. I can do the 7th. And after I told him, I said, look, we, we can't do that because that means that we need to go find a place to stay. We got to put our stuff on a truck. That means we got to park that truck somewhere, and I, I'm not comfortable with that. I said, okay, well, we'll see what we do. And Sister Brown calls up, the agent's boss, and you know, get, I'm not going to say she gave him an earful, but, you know, gave him something. And I'm saying, you know what? Hey, I'll I, I tell you, this is exactly what it felt like. I found out that he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. Come here, Brother Bond. It's like God said, I want you to walk this way. And I'm saying, God, this thing is narrow and tight. And the agent didn't do what he was supposed to do. And I told him, I said, look, we'll go find somebody else. We'll shut this deal down. We'll, look, I'm, I'm mad. 
And I, and, I, and I said, God, is this where we're supposed to be? And it's almost like he's saying, stay on track. Find my peace. Find my peace. But God, I want to get off track. God, I'm going. I don't, I don't want to walk this road. God, get me out of here. I'm serious. I'm sitting at my desk. I'm, I'm telling you, I was, I started looking for a new house. I am serious. I was just so messed up. All I hear is find my peace, find my peace, find my peace, seek my peace. And I'm like, God, I don't want it. I don't want it. It's not going the way I want it to go. But we stayed the course, and I, I can tell you that night we went to bed, it all wasn't settled. And that agent that we were buying from, he said, I can do the seventh, and if they don't want to do the seventh, the paperwork says the fifteenth, so we'll just settle on the fifteenth. I said, Oh, you can play hardball. Fine, I don't want your house. You keep it, I'll go find something else. And that's what I told her. I said, Fine. You can play hardball, you can keep it, go find. Nobody wants his house. But me? <laughs> then an the email confirmation came in. December 6th, we're settling on the house that we're selling. Amen. I said, okay, that's, that's one thing down. I can't remember what day it was. But email came in that said, confirmation, settlement on the house that you're buying. December 6th at 6 p.m. So on Wednesday, December 6th at 10 a.m., settling on one house. At 6 p.m., settling on the other house and move on. So then that meant that the night before, everything needed to be cleared out of the house. And yes, we worked to get it done. Two trucks later. But with all of that happening, went to settlement. Thank you, guys. Went to settlement that morning. And was talking to the agent, and he was telling me that, that this buyer really liked the house. And he said, here's what he said. We checked out another house in that area. He said, right down the street. I knew which one he was talking about. He said, the pictures, pictures can really look good. He said, but when you get in there, there are things in there that needed to be redone and that weren't right. He said, but you guys, this house presented so well. You had it furnished just right. You had just the right number of things in there. It was presented very well. I'm telling you what, things might look like they're one way on the outside, but don't get caught up with what they look like on the outside. If you can find his peace and find where Jesus is, and if you can get a hold of his hand, he's got it all laid out and all figured out. And I said, wow. Now, I'll tell you what, the photographer that came to our house, boy, he made that thing shine. That house looked good, if I may say so. It looked really good. And I found one website that had the, the pictures of the house back when I bought it before seven years ago. And I said, look at the transformation on this thing. This thing looks good. But when I, you look at the pictures of that other house, boy, they present a house that looks really good. Tip top shape. Until you get in there. You see, when you get, when you're walking with Jesus, you want to have peace? That's a narrow road to walk. Bible says that broad is the way that leads to destruction. 
And many go there. Many find that path looking for peace. But narrow, straight, confining is the way that leads to life. Can I say that leads to peace? Because just as my little illustration here. If I didn't have those buffers of peace. We wouldn't have settled on a house on December 6th. We'd be still looking for a house. I would have said, you know what? Forget that house. We'll move on and find something else. But if I didn't find peace, if we didn't find peace in that moment, we would have gone somewhere else. We would have gotten off track somewhere else. But then the thought creeps in. But what if this happens? What if that happens? Here you go. This house was built in, I think, 1958. I didn't want a house built that long ago. I wanted something 10, 15 years old. You know, half the appliances and everything in there is, you know, fresh. And it's kind of like buying a car. I want a brand new car with a five-year warranty and nothing's going to go bad for 60,000 or 100,000 miles. And I didn't want that. But I trusted in the Lord. But what if something does go wrong in that house? Look, he's the one that provided it. I didn't provide it. So he's the one that can, that, that has the means of getting it all together. It's not, it's, it's not up to me to get all flustered and worried. Well, I'm going to have to work this out. I'm going to have to take care of this and figure this thing out. No, he's got to figure it out. That's how easy peace is. And you know what? Here, here you go. You ready? 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 Peace isn't just for the ones holding the microphone. The blessings of God aren't just for the ones holding the microphone. Here's what I said this morning. You know what? Pay attention to, <laughs> to how you pray. We, a lot of times we say, Lord, thank you for this food. Bless it. Why are we asking God to bless the food? When Jesus prayed, he, his Bible says he gave thanks and he broke it. Lord, bless this mess that I'm in. If, if it's the will of God, why does he have to bless something? Lord, bless this honey bun. That's my breakfast this morning. It's my kind of breakfast. Sorry. Honey bun and coffee. But why does God need to bless something that's already his will? Why does God need to bless something that he's already orchestrated and wanting and desiring to take care of? He doesn't need to. But if I'd be willing to speak in faith and in confidence in him and his ability and what he can do. Brother, Sister Bond, I've always known for you it's just a timing thing. It was just a timing thing. You know, you go try a, a door and things look like they're right and all that. And, you know, you, you go to step into it and you feel like it's the right thing. And, and it, it seems like it's the right thing. It, 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 and it's not about that we go and do something and, and, well, it didn't pan out. So it must not be the will of God. You know, God does speak through times when doors open and close. And just because a door closes, that doesn't mean that I messed something up. Just because something didn't work out the way that I wanted to doesn't mean that he did not intend to take me down that path. There are things that God teaches us through closed doors. There are. 
well, all this negative stuff is happening in my life and all these bad things are going on. I've learned more things in negative situations than I have in the positive. Because in the positive times, I'm just on cloud nine worshiping and praising God caught up in the third heaven. But in the negative, that's where I'm calling out on Jesus saying, hey, God. Sometimes it's after the fact when I should have been seeking his face before, but I done got myself into some trouble and, okay, God, here I am. But when God closes a door, if I'm not careful, I'll miss the open door that he's trying to direct me to because I'm so focused on the door that's been closed. God, if you had just opened this door here, God, open it, God, I'm begging you. And God is saying, but over here, I've got something so much better for you. I've got fruit over here. I've got a promise for you over here. But God, this is what I wanted. This is what I desired. God, do you know what I could do with this over here? And he's saying, but do you know what could happen if you would just turn your attention in this direction? You see, there was a rich young ruler who came up to the Lord and said, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus, he told him, you know, do the good stuff. Go to church, pay your tithes, pay your taxes, give him the offering. Do everything that you know to do. And he said, oh, God, I've been doing all this stuff through my youth up. I was just a little boy. When they gave me 50 cents, I put my nickel in the offering and I put another nickel in, 10 plus 10. I did all that stuff up. I, I did all that. He said, go and take what you have and all that you have and give it to the poor. And it says that rich young ruler went away sorrowful because he had many possessions. He could never attain to the peace of God because he had so much that weighed him down on this earth. He couldn't hear the voice and the call of God because he had so many distractions in his life. And I know I'm not talking to anybody in here. But if we're not careful, we can allow the things in this life to get us so distracted that we can't even find a place to pursue him. That's why the scripture says casting all your care upon him. Because if I'm not carrying my own load, my own weight, my own burden, then I can focus on him. I can focus on his peace. I can pursue his peace. I can follow hard after him. I was reading about Daniel a little while ago. And they made a decree after some saw him praying. They said that they talked to the king and talked talked him into making a decree that if anybody makes a request of any other God other than the king, they would be thrown in a den of lions. And Daniel knew that. So why did Daniel go back to praying as he did? The Bible says with, at the window, with the window open, because he had peace. Because he had confidence in God. And I'm telling you what, if this body of believers right here found out how to truly get connected with God's peace, God could do anything. Because with Daniel, they took him and threw him in a den of lions. And the king was upset at himself that he made that decree and came back the next morning and found out that 
Nothing touched Daniel. Daniel wasn't harmed. And told them that no one is to worship anyone but the one true God. You see, God works in the most adverse times to bring about his will and his purpose. But the only way that he can work through adversity is if his people have peace. Is if his people find his peace. You ask the question, why in the world would anybody want to be in Baltimore? (laughs) And I'm not talking about in this building having church because I know we can experience the presence and power of God. But why would anybody want to move to Baltimore? Why would anybody want to be involved with the people on these streets? Why would anybody want to be involved in outreach and knocking on doors and walking these streets and praying? Because I'm here to tell you, I believe that we are a people that will turn this city upside down. And this morning, I started scanning our group and realized in this congregation, we touch all corners of this city and in the county. We got North Baltimore and South Baltimore and East Baltimore and West Baltimore and Harford County. That is no accident. That is no accident. None. But that's just an indication of where God wants to touch and reach. That's just an indication of that. And God is desiring to do that, not just through a select few of us, but through all of us. I'm telling you, I believe that each and every every person here is going through something right now. That if you would seek the peace of God, find his will, find his purpose and find his plan. Once you do that, God is going to reveal himself, not only in your life, but through your life. Some of you right now are thinking, what what can I share with somebody? What kind of testimony can I give somebody? You going through any adversity right now that you can't figure out? Begin talking about that. Hallelujah. And I'll say this again, and many of us have said it, what God does here is not intended just to stay here. God is going to do stuff. God is going to reveal his power in our services. I believe that God is going to touch, change, and transform lives here. But that's not just for here. What happens when people find out that God really exists outside of a church building? What happens? What will happen? Sister Donna, would you come down front, please? You have faith in Jesus? Has it been shaking a little bit? Yeah. I'm trying to find peace. It's been rocked a little bit. I'm not going to get into all of your business and all that, but Sister Donna just needs a touch from the Lord. With God, there is nothing that's impossible. Not a thing that's impossible. But God is just looking for an opportunity to manifest his presence, manifest his goodness, manifest his power. Jesus told one man, he said, have faith. He said, believe in God. He said, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. In another place, he he walks into the room and the girl is laid out on the bed and 
he walks in and he just says, oh, she's just asleep. And they laughed at him. And <laughs> he, he kicked out all the doubters. Now, I know we don't have any doubters in this place. This is a place full of faith. Anybody believe that God is able to do anything? Now, don't worry. You're not about to see a show. You don't have to strap on your seatbelts, pull out your popcorn or anything like that. But God's about to do something right now. God's about to change the situation right now. God's about to do a work right now. Right now. Bible says now faith. Bible says that he calls those things that are not as though they already happen. When we pray for the kingdom of God to, to be manifested, God has already, he's already been out there in the future and he's just coming on back towards us and saying, hey, I've already conquered everything that you're going through. I'm just trying to pull you forward to the place of salvation, to the place of redemption, to the place of being whole. That's all I'm trying to do. And God is about to do something powerful here. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. If you have faith, stand with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. Brother and Sister Bond, would you come down here with me? In the name of Jesus Christ. She just needs to be made whole. Would you pray with her and connect with her and speak the word of faith right now in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Church, help us pray in the name of Jesus. There's nothing to see, but there's faith that's operating here right now. In the name of Jesus. Shatia In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the In the name of Jesus, Lord, we believe, therefore we speak. We believe, Lord, therefore we speak. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 
in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Hallelujah. 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 Some are thinking, but what if God doesn't? What if you get a bad report? What if it doesn't seem like the prayer worked? I'm telling you, my God is able right now. He has already done it. Hallelujah. 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 Sister Donna, hold on. When you get up tomorrow, you seek his presence and seek his peace. You seek his presence, you seek his peace. Regardless of anything that's said, regardless of anything that's done, you seek that and you hold on to it. And that is what will get you to the purpose. That's where God will take you to his purpose. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord thanks and praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. Is there anybody here? We're going to have an honesty uh, session, an honesty and transparency session. Anybody here, and especially if you came down for prayer tonight for peace, you've been seeking it, but you feel very unsettled and wavering. Would you just be so honest as to raise your hand? Okay, thank you. Second Timothy chapter two, verse number one, it says that thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. If I can be transparent with you all, I wouldn't say a favorite scripture of mine, but a verse that I've used many times in ministering and talking to people that were going through was endure hardness as a good soldier. If I can just really make it plain. If you're a man, man up. Get over your griping, your whining, and complaining. And just man up. If you're a woman, well, 
Do what you do. Just get up. <laughs> that next verse, it says, No man that warreth entangleth himself. Gets caught up, gets wrapped up. One of the grounds that's referred to in the gospel is a, it's a ground that's thorny. It's got weeds. It's got cares. The cares of this world, the cares of this life, riches and other things just kind of get you all messed up. Anybody got any cares here tonight? Mm. But you know what? I, I want to do the will of God. I want to see the will of God and the purpose of God accomplished. But it's kind of hard to do that when you're battling with stuff. When you just got stuff on your mind. You come to church and you're just trying to get yourself focused and you just can't do it. You get up to pray in the morning. And it's just you can't get out of the bed because you just got stuff going on. And stuff you just don't even want to face today because of everything that's going on. Pastor's talking about seeking his presence, and I can't even I can't even begin to even stand up to find the presence. You do like Job. Job said he'd look for him in front and in back, and we're just to we just sit here, Lord, just give me something. Whisper, say something. Give me a flashing light, Morse code, give me something. Tell me something. Let me feel, let me sense something. And I believe I, I believe everybody in here, everybody from front to back, side to side, all that good stuff, wants to be used of God, wants to walk with God, wants to fellowship with God, wants to be led of the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, it talks about being led of the Spirit. And if we're led of the Spirit, we're the sons of God. I want to be led of the Spirit. I want to be directed of the Spirit. I want to hear the voice. I want to hear when the Spirit talks to me. Anybody in here got the spirit talking to you in one ear and you got your cares talking in another ear? There we go. I knew it was in there somewhere. We got like, like a lot of y'all like me. Don't worry. I'm not too far off. I'm still trying to grab a hold of this thing. Playing that ping pong match. Bouncing back and forth. God, I want your peace. I want your will. I want your, your purpose. I want your plan. I want to be on the path you've called me to walk on. But God, there are many adversaries. And I'm my greatest adversary. Because it doesn't make sense to me. I'm trying to walk, but, but God, it doesn't make sense to me. God, I've been praying. I've been seeking your face, and I'm just waiting for that moment. Just like that man who, who lay there, I believe it was around 30 years. He laid by the pool, waiting for somebody to throw him in. And then Jesus came walking by. Many of us are just waiting for Jesus just to pass our way in, just like that, make a change, but he hasn't shown up yet. So am I will, really on the right path? Some of us are questioning God. God, am I really supposed to be here? God, am I really in the right place? Am I really in your will? Am I hearing your word? God, what am I doing wrong? And he's just saying, I just need you to get into my presence. 
I just need you to get into my presence. I just need you to have faith in me. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Seek him. Search for him. God, where are you? I've got to find you today. I've got to connect with you. I've got to get to where you are. It's like you go get up to pray and say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And I don't feel anything. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go back to bed. Nothing's happening here. And there's sometimes it's, that's the flesh speaking. The flesh is saying, look, if he's not here, then why don't we just go ahead and go? I'm one of those literal type people. You say you're going to be somewhere in 10 minutes. If you didn't show up in 10 minutes, then I'm gone. Then I learned. They said they're going to be here in 10 minutes, so it's 20 minutes. I just left the house. I'll be there in two minutes. Oh, they're still in the house getting dressed, so that means they'll be there in about 17 minutes. Okay. And sometimes we, we treat God, you know, God, you weren't here. So I'm just going to go ahead and go. But I believe God just kind of goes and sits off in a little corner somewhere. I'm not here picking on you, but you're just a good prop and block right now. So if you feel the need to seek his presence just a little deeper, then by all means do so. But it just is right. It's that balance thing. There's more people on this side than it is on that side. I tell you, I just tilt this way. We need to get some balance here on Sunday nights and Sunday mornings. I end up standing on this side. But sometimes I got to just go after him just a little harder. And that means pushing past flesh, giving up some things. You see, to become entangled with the cares of this life, that, that, that scripture says, no man that warreth entangleth himself. Entangle is not a passive word. That doesn't mean that the net just fell on me and I just got caught in it. That means that I let some things stick around and attach themselves and I got connected to all of that stuff. That's what entanglement is. But when those things come off, that's why the Bible says casting, action, taking action, casting all my care. God, I give you this problem. I give you this issue. God, I trust you with this. There is nothing about walking with God that's passive. Whether you believe that or not, there's, there's no part of walking with God that's passive. It says, seek peace and ensue it. Pursue it. Go after it. Follow hard after it. It's not passive. You know, just sit back and we just have church and the Lord is just going to rain down blessings on us. If we could be honest, that's how we come into church sometimes. All right, Sister Simpson, fire it up. Get it going. Sing the right song. And Pastor Simpson comes in and says, no music. We're going to pray. <laughs> Hold on now. I was waiting for, I was waiting for, I, to, tonight was going to be the night to sing my song. I'll be honest. There, there was, there was one, I, mean, I came in, I came to Baltimore to preach. It was, I think it was beginning of 2011. And, um, what song was that? I can't remember it now, but there's a song that you sang. It's not You're Awesome in This Place, but it was a song that you all were singing in service. And 
And we got to going and worshiping. I was like, wow, I like the way they sing this. And every time I came back to Baltimore past the Simpson, I was hoping, I was hoping maybe today they'll play this song. And every time I came to Baltimore, they always sang a song that I wasn't wanting to sing. I probably every time. Like, sing it, please. Let me get into it. But many times we, 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 we come in and saying, all right, God, I'm here. Come on, just settle on me. And really, that, and that's, that's what last Sunday and tonight were about. That's what this morning was about, North Baltimore, East Baltimore. That's what it was about, going after God. You don't set an atmosphere just by showing up. You know, I used to think that. Here you go, you ready? We started a ministry when we were in Brooklyn Park. We got access to this apartment complex. I wanted to call it a preaching point, but the leaders there, they, they didn't want, they just wanted to be a Bible study. I said, fine, whatever. Well, we'll just call it a Bible study. We, we're just going to have us a good time. And I figured, you know, we got the Holy Ghost. We're just going to show up there, whip out our swords and all that, and, you know, have us a good time. We got in there that first time, and it was good, good flow and all that. And after that, it just seemed like things were just locking down. I'm like, we're soldiers in the army of the Lord. We've got Jesus Christ. I've got my shield. I've got the word of God. That thing was so walled up. If that looked like Jericho or if that didn't look like Jericho, I don't know what did. And that place was so hard and walled up. We were praying. We were fighting. And nothing happened. Not a thing. We get this little trickle. And you know what? Come to find out, you can't go and just show up. You think the adversary, he don't care who you are. Paul, I know. Who are you? You think you're just going to walk into my camp and take? Not without a fight. There are some fights you might take in a moment. You'd be like those men going into AI. Nah, we don't need the full package. Just, 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 just send a few in there and take them out. No, but if we're going to walk with God, we need to give it everything we've got. We need to follow hard after him. We need to pursue him. Pursue his work, pursue his purpose, pursue his peace. Now, those of you that told me that you're still a bit unsettled, if you would mind, if you if you want, if you want the peace of God and you want the things where you, you want your spirits to be settled, the chaotic things that go on in our world, you know, that, that, that's nothing for God. That's that's easy work. That's easy. He just just goes and steps in, just like he said, sun, moon, stars, spoke them into existence. Man, he put in some work, and woman, I'm still trying to figure out how he made woman out of a rib. I can see the dust. You know, you get a whole bunch, the clay, you know, lump it all together and all that. The rib? That must have been a long piece of rib. But all that's easy for God. And think about it. God made us. And he said heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. And if the earth is his footstool, he's just, he's got it all in control. So if those of you that want the peace of God in your life, even in the middle of that raging storm, you just feel a bit unsettled, but you you you, you want to go after it tonight. Would you 
be willing to get out of your seat and come down here to the front. Even if you didn't raise your hand, but you know you still got a war going on in your world, and in the middle of that war, you want peace, and you need peace, and you, you can't make it without it. Hallelujah. Just have faith in God. Just have faith. He went in right in the middle of that storm. He, he got up from his nap. And I'm sure if he's like Eliana, he was mad that he was awakened in the middle of his nap. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if we need to go to church. He said, I'm right in the middle of something. Why didn't you just believe? But he got up and he spoke. He said, peace, be still. And just like that, and right in everything that we're going through, he'll just say, peace, be still. And in that instance, he calmed the storm. He did calm it. Storm went away. And for some of you tonight, he might, he just might calm the storm. He might just call it and quiet it down. But on the, the next instance, when they were on the boat, the Bible says he came walking out to them in the storm. Peter said, hey, if you're out there, I want to come with you. Peter got out the boat, starts walking with him, and then got to looking all around him and began to sink. But Jesus said, why did you doubt? Picked them up, and they got back in the boat. But I don't read anywhere where it says that he quieted that storm. But they did make it to their destination. And that's why I say, you know what? Now, I'm not signing up for storms. I'm not signing up for trials. I do know that they come, but I'm not signing up for them. So as long as the Lord allows me to go without them, praise God. But at the moment that the wind starts blowing, <laughs> oh, God, help me. God, is this a storm or is this just a little tremor and aftershock from somebody else's earthquake? But I believe that God will do that. And more importantly than any of that, you see, because right in the middle of the storm, that's when I learned about his character. I've said that before. I've heard it by others before. That, that, that's where you find out about God's character. You want to find out how much God loves you? Go through a trial. Well, why would a loving God? Just because he loves you. Because he wants to develop you. You know who the storms come to? Those who want to go further in Jesus. Those who want to grow. You know those who don't get battled. Those who don't want to have anything with growth in Jesus. And the adversary knows, oh, they're there. They're fine. If I don't mess with them, they won't mess with me. And we're good to go. But to, if, if, and I'm not talking about you went and stirred up your own trouble. I'm not talking about you were Samson and you saw Delilah and you went and stirred up. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God, Jesus said, get in the boat and go to the other side. And the storm came and you learned faith. That, that's what I'm talking about, walking with God and being led of the Spirit. Anybody else? Okay. Because tonight we might be moving on from peace. We might get on to some righteousness and joy in the Holy Ghost next week. I, I don't know. We might get there. Are you two up here? Would you be so kind as to just come shift on over here in the middle?
I don't know what God has lined up and what God has planned and all that, but then as we prayed earlier and I saw you up here, kind of felt something for you too, and um, I hesitated a little bit, trying to figure out God. And of course, he didn't let me figure anything out, so just kept on moving. And as I was giving that and I felt kind of inclined to felt a direction towards you too, and um you know, again, I'm the one of those types to try to figure it out. And God shows me somebody and say, okay, God, what? <laughs> what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And he just walks away and just you know, go minister or whatever. So here we are. God's going to do something here. Brother Barnes, are you up here? Or are you holding up the wall? Oh, okay, well, come on and join join the party now. Come on then, Sister Simpson, are you up here? You know what, I'm going to tell you, you know, in church there are hot spots. There are hot spots. And years ago when Brother Shelton used to come, we, we well, as young people, we would say, you know what, the front row, especially that youth section that was right in the middle, like that, that's a hot spot. They, they sit there and they call people out, this, that, and the other. Then we, do, we, we, we discovered something. Brother Shelton would just come roaming on down the line and pick this person out and pick that. He said, when Bishop's here, the hot spot's right there in the middle. But when Brother Shelton comes, the whole building's a hot spot. And for me, if you're hanging out on the outskirts, that's a hot spot. It's like I'm in, but I'm not in. You know, just trying to toe that line. Hallelujah. But you know what? And, and, and there, isn't, there isn't a thing that anybody in here can do for you. Not a thing. Not a thing. As, as Peter, Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I, I give to you. So here's what we're going to do. If you've got peace tonight, which should be everybody that's sitting out there that's not up here. But if you've got peace, we're going to come and minister to our brothers and sisters up here. Now, I don't care if you've been in the church for two minutes or 30 years. But we're going to come minister to them right now in the name of Jesus. If you're up here, just lift your hands right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. I believe that it is the will of God for all of us to seek his peace and to find his peace. I believe it's the will of God for us to connect with his peace so that as a body, we can move forward. As a body, we can connect with him and where he's taking this body. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Shatarona Rorokoria Satya. Hiarona Rorokoria Satya.